Brandon, good day to you. Good day. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, it is a Tuesday, yep. which means it's Doable Discipleship Day. Um, my name is Jason Wheeland. I'm Brandon Robinson. And uh, if you clicked on this, hopefully you realize that this is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, um, or as we call it, under the radar. The show that helps you grow. Yeah. Um, Friends, we are just joining you uh, fresh for this intro right now. This is actually a rewind episode. Um, I still want to think of something cool to do for like a rewind little blurb, a little ditty. You know, I don't know yet. I'll have to think about it. Um, So for this week and is going to be a rewind episode. and, um, And we are looking forward to be back with you fresh and ready to go in a few weeks and just uh, yeah very soon at the beginning of of june we're going to be hitting our time season our time special deep dive in time so for this week enjoy a special rewind episode and we will see you in june Well, let's talk about the topic of contentment, shall we, Jason? Uh, yeah, we shall. Let's start off with a verse, Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Paul talking. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. <clears throat> so, you know, as we frame up this conversation, we're talking about what it, what it looks like to live a simpler life. And I think the main premise here is that we live in a culture uh, that is very achievement success driven. We want to get more stuff. We want to. We want to. You know. We want to accomplish. We want to accrue more. Um, you know, wealth and all that stuff. And the the idea here is that if we get sucked into that life, we live a life of increased complexity. And it actually goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago uh, when we had Matt Grable on the show. We talked about the life of anxious toil, mm-hmm. and it is a life that we can get sucked into as believers. <clears throat> everybody can get sucked into it. Believers are susceptible to it as well. So we're talking today about how to live a life that's simpler so that we can just live at peace, really. I think living at peace is what this really comes down to. So we'll start off with a little checkup. So just wherever you are, do this little mental exercise with us. Ask yourself, am I living a simple and contented life? And just in your mind, plot yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. 10, you're doing great. Life is simple. Life is relatively stress-free. And you are living uh, a life that's within your means, and you're living at peace. And at the at the one side, or hopefully not all the way down to a zero, <laughs> uh, not doing so well. Life is a little bit unmanageable. Uh, you're not experiencing peace, and you feel like you're you've been sucked into the rat race. Um, plot yourself one to ten, and just be thinking. You know, what are the main areas of your life where complexity is a little bit out of control, where you're not living a simple, content life? Maybe it's finances, maybe it's in you know the area of your possessions or in relationships, your career. Maybe your career is taking off and that's a good thing on one level, but it's also demanding more from you and it's maybe stealing your joy, taking the enjoyment out of your life. Could be anything. So just be thinking uh, reflectively as we start off, am I living a content life? And if not, in this session, we're going to talk about how, how to do that, how to reclaim a little bit of simplicity, because it could be that your life has become unmanageable, not because God wants that for you, but because you want things or you are are seeking things that may not even be things God want for you. 
God wants for you. Yeah, <laughs> I yes, can talk. That, <laughs> that's that's good. Um, yeah. So, um, so as we as we kind of get started here, let's talk about what are some of the benefits of leading a simple life. Now, m- maybe you've heard like money can't buy happiness, or you've heard you can't make yourself rich by having few wants. And and there's so, but what these old sayings are truly trying to get at is this idea that our culture has really developed this 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 urge or this desire it's you know for more 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 it's a, i want i want i want and we get hit literally over the head every day with you know advertisements and marketing and and everything and that's just it's a part of of the way the world works right now and so and it keeps making you feel like you need to have more or have the next thing or or whatever that may be but until people really fully understand the benefits of cultivating a simple and content life that God intended to live, what you're going to lack then is is, is inner peace. If mm. you if if you're always striving for the next thing or for more, then you can never really be at peace because you're always at want. Yeah. And what we learn from Scripture and in, in what God has intended is for us to not be at want because we have Him, and that's and we learn about this in the Psalms, especially there's, there's many Psalms that hit this idea of that God is all I want yeah, and in God is with us. So then we want for nothing. Yeah. Um, so in, in another element they were talking about is, is life is a temporary assignment and there's a whole day or that I think there's a couple days on that in, in Purpose Driven Life in, in Pastor Rick's book, mm-hmm. this idea that life is a temporary assignment. We are are here on this earth for, you know, a certain number of years, um, and then we spend eternity in heaven. And God did not put us on earth to try to accumulate as much as possible. It's not, I'm trying to make my mountain the biggest of anybody. Mm-hmm. God has us here for a purpose, a and living out his purpose and growing and knowing him and in, spread, in spreading and um, spreading his love and his word, um, I- I- which we've talked about before in the Great Commandment, and the Great Commission. Yeah. Um, so, really, if life is just a temporary assignment to, 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 to prepare you for eternity, uh, stop, stop and think about that for a minute and, and ask yourself this question: If you really believe that, if you really believe that life is a temporary assignment, how would it affect your view? Of cultivating a simple and contented life in the world. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so we're we're combating we're kind of combating uh, the the curse of Adam here the the tendency to get sucked into a life where we're seeking to fill a gap that can never be filled. There's an insatiable hunger that we can never ever truly satisfy apart from God, and it's really that that's kind of it. That's the nature of this entire conversation. That if we allow ourselves to fall prey to this false mindset that if I get more stuff or if I accomplish more things, I will be a more worthwhile person or I will be a happier, more peaceful person, then we will actually find that we are uh, being robbed of daily joy. So quickly, we'll talk about just some some simple benefits of living a more content and simple life. Um, there are benefits in your personal life, like more free time to rest and relax, uh, better health because of less stress. Um it can actually reduce your ego because you start realizing that you're not the center of the universe and that your desires aren't the number one thing in the world. You might even get better sleep, have less guilt about you know, failing to follow through on certain commitments or that kind of thing because you overtax yourself or overstress yourself. Yeah, 
And there's benefits in your spiritual or your church life too. Um, one is, is is you can have more intimacy with Jesus if you're not trying to um, have all these other things that crowd out or get in the way of your relationship with Jesus, then you're able to have more intimacy in your relationship with him. Mm. Um, another one is e- invigorated worship. Um, if you don't, uh, again, if you don't have these barriers of having the, all these different wants or needs, then you're able to focus more on God in your time of worship. Um, a greater focus on ministry and mission work. If you have more time and more availability, then you can be used more by God. Um, better fellowship. Um, it, it's kind of it's one of the same things we talked about. And increased spiritual growth is you're able to put your efforts in your mind and in your focus on other things, on things on of the spiritual nature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the things of. A lot of the spiritual practices that Jesus did, he did in the margins where he carved out time and space to 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 do these steps to be with his yeah. father and that kind of stuff. And if we live at such a feverish pace that we have no time, then we will find that God gets edged out and we find that our relationship with him starts breaking down. Uh, there are benefits in your family and home life, uh, more availability to your spouse, family, friends, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you have less stuff that has to be maintained and fixed, you know? So if you try to acquire and acquire and acquire... down and practical there. <laughs> yeah, it's getting down to, to the nitty-gritty, but yeah, you don't have to repair a boat that you don't own. That's you know, that kind of stuff. True. That's what Rick likes to talk about. Um, and then fewer arguments about juggling schedules and priorities and that kind of stuff, which it's a very real thing. I, like, mm-hmm. this is a very busy season for Joyce and I, and there's a lot of, like, it feels like all day, sometimes what we're talking about is, okay, when can we fit this on the calendar? When can we get that on the calendar? And mm-hmm. it just gets it gets just really crazy. And it gets me thinking personally about how to simplify. Uh, and then there's financial stuff and as then, well. Of course, there's benefits in your finances. You have, have less stress over money, obvious. You have fewer creditors to dodge. I, I love that <laughs> one. <laughs> if you don't owe a lot of money to a lot of people, then you don't got to be watching your back. <laughs> That's true. The borrower so is slave to the master, it's the true. Proverbs tells us. And then, of course, there's increased generosity. And we've talked about generosity before, and I think we'll talk about it. I want to talk about it again soon, so we'll, let's talk about it again soon, Doug. Yeah. Um, but increase, you, know, you, you, have, you have more to give. Yeah, if you're not living... If you're not living beyond your means, then it may mean that you've got some some leftovers that you can share with others. Exactly. So, um, for all of this, in other words, you will live with greater peace of mind, which is a life of deep satisfaction and joy. Is you're able to breathe easier, you know, so that you can be used by God more. Yeah. So we'll talk just briefly about why do I need to simplify my life? Like, why does this matter? And something tells me that there are some of you listening out there that are um, that this is striking a chord with because you may be having a crazy stressful week, and you may you may have begun to ask yourself questions like, is what I'm working for really worth all that it's taking from me? You know, is um, you know is making more money or you know, working up the ladder, that kind of thing, really worth what it's taking from my family, what it's taking from my relationship with God, uh, the toll that it's taking uh, in terms of stress and that kind of stuff. We'll talk a little bit about why to simplify. Uh, and we're going to look at First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. And these are Paul's words. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap 
and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So, I would ask you, what, what's a common temptation or trap uh, for people who pursue money? Just think about that personally. You know, what is a trap that you've fallen into? Um, I can answer that. I can answer that personally. I mean, I a couple years ago, I decided to build a photography business on the side, and it was a really cool thing. Had a great time doing it, but after a while, it started kind of spinning out of control where it became unmanageable for me, where it started getting so busy and taking such a toll on me and my family that I quickly realized that the money that we were earning in taking on this these additional commitments and photographing weddings and that kind of stuff just became so burdensome that it kind of got to the point where the money we were making was not worth the stress that it was causing, the anxious hours, the time away from family, and all that stuff. And so it's easy for any of us, I've done it as well, to fall into the trap where more money will make us happy, more money will help us to get where we want to go. Sometimes we find out that was a mirage the whole time. You know, if you took worse pictures, you wouldn't have had that issue. Yeah, I should have just pointed the camera at the sky the whole time. Yeah, just, like, <laughs> just, just all blurs. <laughs> just, you know. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so why do I need to live... Or why do I need to simplify my life? Uh, oh, you know, real, before we, I guess I, maybe I should in. give where I am on that. So yeah, over oh, the last, <laughs> I guess the last good point. I guess I should say. So this is kind of I mentioned in the intro. This is something that God's been putting on my heart, and that's because over the last six months or so, I've decided I'm not I'm not taking on any new clients. So if you're listening and you want to have pictures taken, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking any new clients right now because I I want to restore some balance in my life. I don't want to be editing photos all night and not be hanging out with my kids. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, you know, staying uh, up denying time with my wife and <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff because it was creating a life of anxious toil. And I n- realized that that's not what God made me for. That's not the life I'm meant to be living. And so sometimes we have to make concrete sacrifices in order to reestablish balance. But um, it's, I'm actually a heck of a lot happier now than no, I was when I was when I was feverishly, you know, working all the time. That's great. And it, it comes down to a conversation of, of priorities too. It's just talking yeah. through like, like what is, what is the bigger priority? Is it having more money and having that business or is it yeah. the time with your family and everything that was, you know, m- missing out in that? Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to riff too much here, but there's a, the, the wake up call for me was that I was, I fe- I realized that I was giving up something that was priceless and fleeting um, in order to get something that was equally fleeting, but um, just not worth the cost. So what I mean by fleeting is, you know, my time with my small children is fleeting in the sense that they're not going to be young for very long. Yeah. And this this season of life with them is going to go, it's already going at the blink of an eye. And I don't want to miss that because I'm I'm spending all my time trying to get money and not spending my time trying to care for my family and loving my kids and and doing all that stuff. So your situation will look different yeah. and, and your circumstances will be unique to your own stage of life and all that stuff. Um, but there is, um, there's a, there's a real need to make concrete decisions about how we orient and arrange our life so that we can live at the pace that we know that God has made us for, which is not a pace of constant rushing and stress, but a life of peace and, um, you know, thoughtful progress. That's good. Um, all right. So, why do I need to simplify my life? First reason: because spending too much time, money, talents, and energy on getting 
leaves nothing for giving. And we we started to touch on that, but it's true that you know what we're talking about is if if you spend all of your time, all of your energy, all of your money, in every all of your resources, all of your God-given resources on trying to get more, then you literally run out of room for giving. Yeah. And so so often what we'll have to do is look at downsizing, is look at a cutting things out of our schedule or cutting out the, you know, saying, you know, I, I don't need to buy this. I don't need to buy this, I, you know, it, because I want to be able to give more to the church or whatever it is. And, and it's, and it's, and in terms of time, it's, you know, maybe you felt like you've have created such a busy schedule that you haven't had the time to serve in a ministry or to go on a missions trip. And it's not, it's, it's not that, we want to then refill all that time with more stuff or stuff, stuff. So you're feeling back to the same place you were in, but as you just have a different thing that's filling that time, it's mm-hmm. no, it's, are you living out the purposes that God, God made you for? Are you using your talents and your skills to serve the way that God wants you to? So maybe it's a, it's that you can cut a thing or two out of your schedule and then go and do a shape interview or whatever to learn, you know, and see what area of ministry could I serve in. And so it's, it's being thoughtful with, with how you're using your time. Mm. Um, Acts 20, 35 says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Mm, good. Second uh, second reason why it's important for us to you know, make these appropriate choices and simplify our lives is because more is not always better. Sometimes getting more of something may seem really good at face value, like more money is not a bad thing or more stuff to enjoy is not a bad thing or more vacations is not necessarily a bad thing. But the thing we have to bear in mind is that in order to get those things, there is a cost associated with it. And the question has to be, is what it is going to take from me worth what it is going to give for me? Or in my case, I, I can easily justify wanting to make more money because I've got you know a family. So I think, oh, this will unlock opportunities for our family. But then I have to think, okay, is this going to steal from my, is the, the thing this is going to take from me and my family each and every day, day in and day out, worth what I will enjoy periodically with the thing that we achieved or bought or, or whatever the case may be. <clears throat> and so, yeah, the truth is more is not always better. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the toys that you buy or the things that you aspire, you know, to might bring a little bit of excitement, but they may also leave you with less time for things that are more important, like your relationship with God, like family, like, you know, cultivating life-giving friendships and that kind of thing. There's a story uh, in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. It's not a very long story, so I think I'll just read that here. And it's a parable that Jesus told, and uh, it says this, A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend... You have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And then in verse 20, it says, But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked so hard for? Yes, 
a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. So just, I, I think taking this story to heart and asking ourselves, you know, what are the things that I'm foolishly working for right now? What are the things that in the end, in the eternal sense, in the bigger sense, in the kingdom sense, really aren't important? How much of my time am I spending gaining something that really isn't of true value? Those are great questions. And in sometimes what we come up against when we talk about living a contented life is we come up against what we call the or the daily grind. It's this it's this feeling that we need to just chug 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 our way through and, and be moving along, you know, and and there's just oh, there's so much to do that that we just feel that that the idea of taking time um apart from that or or is is just it's just it, it grinds up against everything else that we have to do. And we forget to live a contented life. It is, it is, it is, it's can be easy to forget everything that we've just been talking about and why we should live a contented life because we just feel so caught up in the daily grind. But when we allow ourselves to be be more open and, and invite time into our day and not feel so, you know, next, 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 then we allow for interruptions to happen in our life. And, and, and G- there's so many great examples of, of Jesus's ministry um, happening through interruptions. But just look at your daily life and do you allow time for these things in your day? Like, such as like having a chat with a neighbor. Do you drive into your garage, close the garage door behind you, and get out and never see another soul in your neighborhood. Maybe try, you know, like the burbs. Like the burbs. <laughs> I just watched that movie the other day. One of my all-time um, favorites. <laughs> um, hopefully, your neighbors aren't like the ones in the burbs. Yeah, but <laughs> still, um, you know, just uh, allow that. <laughs> now I'm thinking of quotes from that movie. <laughs> hey, Pinocchio, yeah. where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the burbs, everybody. It was on Netflix. I don't. I think it's gone now. But no, anyway. it's still there. Is it? Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so just allow the, those interruptions to happen. Allow your neighbor to you know to talk to you about their day or whatever. And maybe there's something that's going on in their life that you can you know be there for them for. Mm-hmm. Um, just stop and watch children playing. How often do you just watch pure joy happening when a kid is playing? Um, it, Enjoy the beauty of a sunset. Allow for that interruption. Just take a pause and just admire God's artwork in the sky. And I'll tell you, there's been some gorgeous sunsets lately. Oh, man, yeah. Um, Roast uh, hot dogs over a fire at the beach. Have a picnic with your family. Listen to the rustle of leaves under a a tree. Feel the freshness of of a cool breeze. Just these little things that if you just take the time, pause, and just sit and be content. And, and, And in all this, I would say, be thankful and admire the work that God does and just say, Lord, thank you for, you know, the wind and the sound of rustling leaves and just, hmm. and just admire the work that God does. Um, okay. So what, again, a self-assessment question, what opportunities are you missing out on because your life is just too busy or too complicated? Hmm. That's good. All right, let's talk about what drives these mentalities. Like, what, what drives us to overcomplicate our life? And um, that really comes down to some mistaken beliefs that we've got. 
just we think things are true that just aren't true. Somebody has talked us into believing something that just is not the case. Uh, and the first one is that acquisition equals happiness. That by getting more stuff, you will be a happier person. And there's a lot of reasons. I think f- on the one hand, it just kind of taps into fallen human nature to want to acquire things. But then you have on top of that, we live in a, a cultural setting where, you know, all marketing is geared toward making us believe that if we will acquire products, that we will be happier people, we will live with greater peace and convenience and all that stuff. But the irony is that stuff has a strange way of disappearing and becoming outdated, and it ends up becoming a constant, like we said earlier, an insatiable hunger for the next thing that cannot be sustained. And so the only way to sustain or to continue feeding a constant insatiable desire is to keep acquiring constantly, which means you have to be working constantly to get the money to do these kinds of things, that sort of stuff. So we end up feeding sort of a an internal black hole that can never be satisfied. And so in, and in doing that, we can sometimes mess up our priorities and hurt our relationship with God. And we're taught very clearly in the scriptures that we're to have no other gods before him. So we have to be thinking, okay, is this going to come at a cost? Is it going to hurt my walk with Jesus as I seek after these things? Because the reality is you only have you got 24 hours a day. That's it. So if you spend all your time toiling away trying to acquire more stuff, you are using time for that that could be used with something of greater value. Matthew 6:19 says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal." So, <clears throat> you might think to yourself, just, you know, list one just think of one temporal worldly thing that you could eliminate in order to simplify your life. Like, what's one little thing that you could do, for example, to ease some financial pressure in your life? Maybe it's getting rid of satellite, because who wants to pay for satellite anymore, right? I sure don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, waste of money. You know, maybe there's something you can get rid of. Maybe there's a car you can sell. Maybe there's something that you can do to just ease the pressure and allow yourself to live with a little bit more simplicity. And obviously, we're, we're kind of hovering on the idea of money and possessions today, but that's kind of because those are the things that fuel these, these, you know, unhealthy mindsets more than really anything else. Mm -hmm. So think of something you can eliminate and think about, you know, developing a plan to move forward with that. That's great. Um, A second mistaken belief then is that you create your own success, right? Oftentimes, I'm sure that you've heard this idea or maybe you've even subscribed to this before where it's kind of the, if it's to be, it's up to me approach. Whereas like, I need to be successful. I need to make my, and I, I need to do, 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 and achieve, 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 and buy, 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 and that's what equals success. But <laughs> you said buy, 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 buy. Okay, <laughs> well, I didn't even think about it then, but now that? I did. Okay, um, <laughs> and um, but really, it's 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 looking at the heart piece and saying, okay, where is 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 what is true success, and who is dictating that? Is is the world's view of success? what I subscribe to or is God's view of success what I subscribe to? Because, because God sees a success as, as a heart piece. God, look, he, he, he measures your success by looking at your heart, not at your bank account, not at the awards you've gotten, not at the size of your house, um, right? And James one seventeen says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, 
of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So it's looking at at, at God's form of success and, and being thankful that that we get these gifts from God. Everything that we have is a gift from God. We don't need to try to make, you know, make our own form of success. So a uh, an assignment for you is to read James 4, 13 through 17, which tells the story about a businessman who thinks he's got his future all figured out. He says, quote, Today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Read the story and see what happens. And Mm. then, of course, ask yourself the question, what did Jesus have to say about the Lord's will in that story? And do you agree with it? Mm. All right, so third mistake and belief that we sometimes operate under is that you, or I in this case, I am solely responsible for my own significance in life. This is, I think, a, a kind of a root issue here where we, we sometimes use our achievements to justify our existence, where we achieve things and that is supposed to be proof that we are worthwhile people, that we're capable, that we're valuable, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so that can lead us to take on way more commitments than are, are really sustainable for us and that sort of thing. But the reality is that we're not called to live that kind of life, that we find our meaning and purpose in God, and we let Him direct our steps, and we let Him set our priorities, and we live at a godly pace and not at a frenzied one of just constant movement. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So you might ask yourself, has the desire to keep up with your neighbors and other people in your life, friends and so on, to acquire more things, to be in more activities and all that stuff, has it messed up your priorities? And what cost is that stuff coming to? You know, what, how is it hurting rather than helping? Um, a great, another great verse, Hebrews 13, uh, verse 5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So there's a contentment that comes because we know that God has got us covered and that he'll meet our needs. All right, friends, call to action. Okay, so here's the call to action. Have you acknowledged and embraced God as the finest treasure that you have? If, if so, you know that you already have everything that you need. Even if you were to lose every possession you have, even if you were to lose everything, you would still possess everything worth having. You must willingly embrace this concept before you are ready to pursue what truly matters, right? Is if you have if you have God and you God is your everything, then you have everything. Here are some steps then to help you grow in this direction. One, surrender your possessions to God daily. Okay? Without question, simplifying your life will require surrendering everything you own to the God who created everything. Mm-hmm. Become aware of the degree of your attachment to, attachment to your possessions. If you have a spouse and children, include them in, in the conversation about surrendering these material things. We can read this verse in Revelation 4.11. says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. That's good. For time, we'll move quickly through these, these next ones. Uh, second is listen to the Holy Spirit, the counselor, about how to simplify your life. He'll tell you the truth about how to be content. So you can ask God for help. There's a great quote here from A.W. Tozer that I don't want to skip over because I think it's really good. good. What? I said good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
Thank you for your seal of approval. <laughs> it says, please root from my heart all those things which I have cherished so long and which have become a very part of my living self so that thou mayest enter and dwell there without arrival. Uh, don't like the use of thou's and mayest and all that stuff, <laughs> but he's saying, God, take out everything that is that is deeply ingrained in my heart that's not from you so that you can live there with no rival, so that no one will be trying to steal your rightful place in my heart. That's good. And then the third step is to trust in God to supply all your needs. He has promised to supply all your needs of your finances, your family, and your future. So uh, another little task is to read Luke 12, 22 to 28 in its entirety and ask yourself, in what area of your life do you need to trust God to supply all your needs, like food, shelter, clothing, bills, uh, jobs, childcare, anything. Yeah. And and then this fourth one, I think, is one worth camping on just a second because, you know, hey, it's the week of Thanksgiving. And this one is slow down long enough to show gratitude for all you've been given. A grateful heart will make you content with what you have. So just take the time this week. I know it's a little bit formulaic at Thanksgiving time to talk about what you're thankful for and all that stuff. But you know what? If this is the one and only time a year where you're taking a moment to give thanks to God, that, that's not a good thing. So we've got to, let's take this opportunity, but let's make a habit out of saying thanks to God for all the good things that he's given. Uh, Psalm 104 and 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's good. So some doables. The first one, Doug just kind of hit on it, and, and so start a gratitude journal, okay? Make a list of people and things that you're thankful for. It, it's Thanksgiving, so it's a perfect time to do this. Start start your gratitude journal with Jesus's sacrifice for your sins, okay? that's so Start with that. Have that in your journal as the first thing, and then continue from there. Yeah. Second is learn to say no to yourself and your kids and other people's agenda for your already busy life. You've got a lot going on, and it may be, you know, it may be time to just start saying no to commitments. And it's it could be tough because you know, oh my gosh, it's these are close friends or these are work commitments. These are things that are important. But you've got to ask yourself: Are they truly critical to the life that God wants you to live? And if they're not, it might just be time to say no to a few things. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put that on my calendar. I'm going to decline that invitation just because I don't want life to be unmanageable. That's good. Third is to reduce your personal inventory. Share with others. Give things away that you don't use. Donate. Be somebody that wants to give and share. And so just start to go through some stuff and say, we don't use this anymore. I know somebody that could use it. Here, take it. Yeah. Maybe get a tiny house. Tiny house style. That's a fun movement that's going on. <laughs> I know somebody that builds them. You know, it's really interesting that culture's waking up to this idea. Living at a crazy pace is not healthy. You don't even need to be a Christian to realize that that's not good for you. Um, but I, it's kind of interesting to see this movement where people are trying to like live, they're living debt free, they're living in tiny houses, they're downsizing. Oh, you get the hashtag van life, the people that, you know, <laughs> live in vans and drive all around the world and just live in their van. Hey, to each his own. I can't imagine living in a van with my two crazy kids. <laughs> You would have an interesting experience. It would be <laughs> Go to sleep, kids. Uh, and then fourth, uh, choose a feedback partner and seek suggestions f um, from each other for moving from an earthly focus to an eternal focus. So just just ask somebody to help help you do this. It's gonna be it's it's tough when you're trying to simplify life to stick with it. So you may need a husband or wife or friend or family member who can just 
kind of give you feedback and encourage you to stay on track. Um, who can kind of push back when you're thinking of taking too much onto your plate that's going to stress you out and, and um, damage your life, <laughs> for lack of go. a better word. I mean, make life a little bit less manageable, a little bit less enjoyable. Uh, and most importantly, a little bit less kingdom focused. So get a feedback partner. So start a gratitude journal, say no to stuff, reduce your personal <laughs> stockpile of stuff that you, you've got, uh, maybe even downsize your living situation. And fourth, choose a feedback partner um, who go. can help you on the road. That was a lot of stuff we covered. Um, so the bottom line is, guys, simplify your life and give yeah. thanks for everything that God has given you. Everybody, we love you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week